Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Ariana Berenger, who is running for lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. Now, Ariana and I start our chat talking about her campaign video. And you need to watch this. It is so, so good. I'll link to it on the website, on Twitter, Facebook, just all over the dang place. Go watch. Oh, man. So I don't have an intro this week. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about because, frankly, the news lately has been at best infuriating and at worst, literally nuclear annihilation. I complained to my husband that I don't know what to do with this week's intro on. And he said, well, what's gotten your attention in the news? And I whined, everything in the news is awful. He came back with, well, hasn't it been that way since January? Okay, yes, point taken. So I did the adult thing and decided to ignore my problem and get on Instagram instead. Where, of course, the most perfect bit of kicking my butt into gear scrolled right into my feed. Repeat after me. I am the woman of my own dreams. I require no validation. My wish is my command. My life is my own. I build it. My voice is my own. I use it. I am relentless in my dedication to trusting myself. I am insatiable in my thirst for the extraordinary, and I do not settle for the mediocre. I live without dead time. Whew. Thank you, Robin Lee. All right, I'm a little obsessed with this video. <laughs> <laughs> the I've heard it all before video. How mm-hmm. did that come about? What, I mean, it's great. It's simple. It's perfect. And it gives me chills every time I watch it. Oh, uh, thanks. Um, actually, the story is really funny. My husband, Darren, uh, was sitting with me. We just put all the kids to bed. And he looks at me and goes, I-, I have an idea for a video. I said, okay, tell me about it. And he's like, look, I know where you've come from. Um, you know, cause we've talked often about, you know, growing up poor and just everything that's happened to me in my life. And he's like, I, w- I want to shoot this video of you running up a hill and then just everything that someone has told you that you couldn't do or why you couldn't do it. And, um, and that's it. That's the concept. That's it. And I was like, awesome, let's do it. And so, um, the next day, we just went to the neighborhood that's, you know, right down the street from my house. And um, I said, well, let's just try it with our oldest son, Donovan. He's going to be 12 in October. And I said, let's just shoot it with Donovan and kind of just get a feel for what it looks like uh, before we get everybody else out here to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they show, you know, we shoot it with Donovan running up the hill and then do the voiceover with me and take it back home and you know he edits it and everything and we look at each other go let's go do it right now so we (laughs) yeah because he's he's all pumped up right he's like this is is exactly what we need to be doing and so I'm like well who's gonna drive the car I mean I have to run and he's like I'll drive he gets in the top we have a a Chevy Tahoe he Mm -hmm. opens up the back of it sets up the camera puts my 12 year old son Donovan behind the camera and says this is the shot don't let it move and then in the back seat is our daughters, Cameron and Atlee, watching like The Little Mermaid or something on a video. <laughs> and 
the back seat of the car. And the youngest is like 20 months. And so Darren would jump in the front seat of the Tahoe and yell, Mom, are you ready? And every time he yelled, Mom, our 20-month-old would scream because, like, she's always attached to my hip. Mm -hmm. And so if you watch this video minus us taking out all of the background noise, it is literally, like, kids screaming, Little Mermaid songs, um, and then me trying to, like, be serious about what we're doing because this is a very serious thing. And... um, it worked out really awesome. <laughs> Ugh, it is so perfect. It's so professional. Like, I can't believe y'all just did it like, in an yeah. afternoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, fortunately enough for my family, we have some really good, talented folks who are who do work wonders with the video that we were able to shoot. So, Well, it's awesome. Yeah. So before we get too far into your story here, let's go ahead and introduce you officially. So who are you and for what are you running? I'm Ariana Berenger, and I'm running for Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania. So what is Lieutenant Governor? So Lieutenant Governor in Pennsylvania, because every state is a little bit different, mm-hmm. right? But here in PA, it's essentially the uh, you know right-hand woman of the governor. Right now it's a man, but I'd like to think of it will be a woman here soon. Yeah, naturally. Um, right. And the Lieutenant Governor has a few roles constitutionally here, which are presiding over the Senate. Um, they chair the board of pardons and um, they also sit on a board of local municipalities and nonprofits to kind of get an idea of what you know boots on the ground are going on across the state and then they also um, can sit on uh, Pima which is our Pennsylvania emergency management um, organization Mm -hmm. so that's what the lieutenant governor does here um, in Pennsylvania. And now would that be located, like would you have to move if you got that? So yeah, I would live in Harrisburg. um, And right now I live in Murraysville, which is just outside of Pittsburgh. Okay, so why did you decide to run? Well, so in my everyday life, um, I'm actually an IT project manager. Uh, So I manage 219 pharmacies across five states and all the IT components of those pharmacies. So I every day in my regular job, I look at ways to do things better, more efficiently, more effectively, that sort of thing. And lately here in Pennsylvania, a lot of people have been questioning the validity of having a lieutenant governor. Like, why do we have this person? And I kept looking at the way that this office has been run traditionally and thought, man, there's a heck of a lot more that our lieutenant governor should and could be doing. And unfortunately, it's not the way it's been, you know, done in the past. Typically, there's two types of people that run for an office like this. There's one that is only doing it to seek higher office. Mm -hmm. Like they want to go on and be a U.S. senator or they want to be governor. They want to be something bigger. Um, The other type is someone that kind of goes, I'm going to go get that job and I'm going to sit back and just do the minimum to get by. Mm -hmm. And I look at it and go, we should, we should revitalize this. Let's work so hard and make this role so much bigger and better that the next time someone runs for Lieutenant governor, they're going to go, Oh man, we got to do it at least as good as Ariana did. (laughs) (laughs) And so it just makes it better each and every time. And so that's why I wanted to do it. I wanted to see this actually be fully utilized to its best and greatest capacity. Have you always wanted to be in politics? I haven't. I mean, I guess I ran for student council when I was in like middle school Mm -hmm. and lost. 
Um, and I, you know, after that experience and, yeah, I, I went, I mean, I joined the military. I went and um, started a nonprofit and kind of grew my career and did, you know, had a family. And um, it wasn't until I'd say 2012, um, 2011, 2012, where I started to look at what was happening, um, at least you know, my neck of the woods and going, I don't, I don't like the direction that we're headed in. I think that we can do this better. And actually back in 2012, I did run for Congress. I ran, um, in the 16th congressional district in Pennsylvania, lost that too, but kind of learned a heck of a lot along the way. So what motivated you to run right now? Right now, I just really, so our current Lieutenant governor has, um, obviously not put, I think the most effort and energy into some of these programs. Like, you know, he chairs the board of pardons Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, my dad was arrested when I was 10 years old for marijuana. And I mean, that experience caused my family, not only to like me have to go to the jail Mm -hmm. with my mom on a Sunday morning and see my dad behind glass and only pick up a phone to talk to him but after that experience or after he got out he wasn't able to get really good employment again Um, so his ability to contribute to our family was diminished and caused a lot of stress on my parents and they eventually divorced Um, and so because of that I see that there's so much that can be done within this small you know in this one very important role of lieutenant governors um, responsibilities to say, okay, had someone gotten to my dad sooner in life when he was a kid, would he have made these poor decisions as an Mm -hmm. adult? And I think that he could have had some guidance and direction that would have helped him make better choices. So, hey, why don't we have our lieutenant governor champion a program that looks to juvenile justice reform? And let's start talking about ways that we can keep kids out of trouble so that they don't become adults that need to seek pardons from the lieutenant governor down the road. And so I think there's a lot of these things that I've seen that I went, I, w- I, w- I want to make this better. I mean, imagine having someone chairing the board of pardons that knows the impact that that has to families, not only economically, but, you know, just generally. So that's why. You mentioned your background a little bit, being in the military and starting a nonprofit. I have read your website, so I know a little bit about it. But um, like, how did your like how did you progress from military to nonprofit, and now, you know, running for lieutenant governor? So, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess growing up, we was really mm-hmm. poor. Uh, I mean, not only because my parents, my dad, you know, and his troubles with the law, but like my mom was just a waitress. And waiting tables was the only way that she was able to support our family. And so, I mean, sometimes she waited up to three different restaurant jobs um, just in in, in a single day in order to just try to make enough money to get by. And that still wasn't enough, right? So um, I joined the Army two months after 9-11 because I had seen so many people help my mom and help my family. And, you know, whether it was like the local food bank at... Thanksgiving time, making sure we had a turkey and, um, you know, sweet potatoes. Um, but I recognized that this was my opportunity to give back, to, to, to do something more with my life. And so I enlisted and, you know, experienced, um, a little, you know, struggles along the way, challenges, I like to call them. Actually, when I, when I went to join, 
they told me I was too fat to mm -hmm. join, that I had to lose some weight. And I did it in the, you know, terrible manner. I ate very little food and exercised to, you know, extremes, but I lost the weight and I joined. And, you know, throughout my military career, I struggled with my weight. And when I got out, I recognized that my kids, like, you know, I started to have children. I started to, like build my family. And I looked at the food I ate and went, oh my gosh, I can't feed this to my children. Uh, like, this is really bad. <laughs> so I'm like, this is, you know, they need a vegetable. Um, and so I recognized that my problem wasn't the la you know, activity. I could run two miles with the best of them. Um, it was the fact that I was eating poor, you know, making poor choices with my food. And so as I got to kind of research this and learn more about it, I, I found that one in three young adults are actually unfit to serve in today's military because of mm -hmm. obesity. So I wasn't alone with that. And so what I did was I, uh, I started a nonprofit that allowed me to start reaching out to schools and farmers and farmer distribution organizations and say, all right, if we are going to, you know, Im limit the, the, the amount of f people that can join the military, like that's a national security issue. And, and if this one limitation is obesity, that's something that we can rectify. That's something we can fix. So I started to uh, champion bringing locally sourced food into schools as a matter of national mm -hmm. security. So we can have local farmers be the uh, procurement source. And then um, that kind of jumpstarts local economies. And then kids get good food grown in their, you know, regions local to them. And then we start to kind of culturally change how people think and feel about food and then we can make an impact to the the obesity epidemic that's such an interesting way to like an interesting problem to see and want to fix <laughs> well it, it was it was I, you know important for me because I knew that I struggled right. with it and I know I, I wasn't the only one I thought man why is why aren't we taking a better uh, opportunity here to fix these things? Because when we start investing in local farmers, they turn around and invest that money right back in the mm -hmm. local economy. So then, for, I think the statistic today is for every dollar we spend on locally sourced food, we're putting like two dollars and sixteen cents back in the local economies. So I mean, it makes total economic sense. And then it also helps solve this issue of like obesity within, you know, those folks who want to join and, and for everything else that comes along with obesity. Right. Being an issue. Right. I mean, it make, makes total sense to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So what is the process of running for office been like for you so far? Um, it's been pretty great so far. Uh, it has been one where. Um, I mean, Pennsylvania is a really big state, so it's been one of trying to manage not only, you know, I've got three kids and a job and a husband and, you know, all of those sorts of things, but then making sure that we can uh, raise money so we can get our message out there, um, as well as get out there and shake hands and talk to folks and let them know, hey, there's someone else running for lieutenant governor here. Um, so overall, the reception has been, you know, people are excited. Uh, they're excited because we currently have no women elected to executive office in mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. Uh, they're excited because we've never elected a person of color ever 
to executive office in Pennsylvania, so I would be the first. Wow. Um, so there's some historic, you know, nature to the campaign that a lot of people are starting to get excited about. What did you learn during your last run for Congress that is helping you now? Uh, I learned how to ask people for money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, growing up poor, I always just felt like I can't ask anybody for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd just be grateful for what I've got. And so there are some like mental jumps you have to take when you run for office, when you say, hey, will you contribute money to my campaign? Um, And it was really hard when I ran for Congress to do that. Uh, So... I've gotten over that <laughs> and learned that. But then I also learned that people generally are looking for others to help um, help have a seat at the table that allows them to have a perspective there that otherwise hasn't been. So people get excited when they go, oh, wow, a woman's running. And in Pennsylvania, we are ranked 49th out of 50 states for electing women. Really? Um, oh, yeah. The, the whole article came out, um, I'd say, a couple months ago now. Um, and you wouldn't think we are, but we are, it's, it's abysmal. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, like I, I learned a lot about how people want to participate and they want to see change and they want to see change for the better. And I also learned how to raise money. <laughs> so, <laughs> What kind of obstacles have you faced? Uh, so I think the biggest obstacle so far has been the fact that nobody knows what a Lieutenant governor does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's been an educational piece to, you know, let people, yes, we do have, we do elect a Lieutenant governor. A lot of people think that they are just chosen by the governor. Um, and this is what a Lieutenant governor does. A lot of people don't, you know, there's a, so there's a lot of challenges around explaining to people why it's important. Um, to them, they just think it's a just in case something happens to the governor, but there's really so much more that can be done there. So that, I think that's been the biggest challenge, um, and throughout this process so far. And you're having to like travel the state to, to campaign, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, and that's fun though. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) How is, I don't mind being in a car. Well, that's good. I mean. And I mean, how do you go about campaigning like places you don't normally go? I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, when you run for school board or even Congress, like you've got a a defined area that, you know, you can say, oh, yeah, I go to the grocery store down here or, you know, I'm your neighbor or things like that. But here you're going all across the state to try and get your name in front of people who you would never encounter before. So this is kind of a funny story. Uh-huh. So I, I moved to Pennsylvania in 2004. Um, I was born and raised in Oregon, but after I got out of the army, I got a job. And so I got a job out here in the northeastern part of the state. And so I lived there for a number of years. And then I moved. I've literally lived in, I think it's now 12, lived and or worked in 12 of the 67 counties in Pennsylvania. Whoa. Uh, yeah. And my <laughs> husband, who was born and raised here, doesn't, and, and you know, he doesn't even match that. Yeah. So I'm fortunate enough that because of my work and because of the work that I've done, um, I've actually lived in some of the major cities in this town, you know, in the state. Um from the northeastern side to the southeastern side to now I live in the uh, southwestern side of the state. So 
it that has been beneficial Mm -hmm. though you're right like there are sometimes you're like okay i'm driving to a town i've never been to before but it is i look at it as a great adventure i am excited to go check it out i'm glad to be there um gps is a (laughs) lifesaver so um so it is good. And, you know, here's the thing. Democrats, I'm a Democrat. Democrats are generally uh, welcoming and wonderful people. And so they, you know, when you say, hey, I want to come to your next monthly meeting, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, come on out. We'd love to meet you. So that makes, you know, you, you know that you're going to an area in which people are supportive and, and happy to see you. Well, it sounds like you really enjoy talking to people and like going door to door and canvassing. I do. Um, and I actually, I love bringing my kids with me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, my 12 year old is Donovan. He's super excited about this campaign. Um, he is getting inspired enough that he wants to run for student council oh, that's great. this year. Um, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, Donovan, if we have another campaign, in us. but he's, <laughs> um, he's like, mom, mom I want to do it. I want to do it. Um, but you know, he likes to see that he likes to listen to people. And the funniest part is that at the end of the day, when we sit down around the dinner table and talk about what we just did, he's like, there's so many people out there that need a voice. He, and it, like, it, it kind of shakes him to his core sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so that's really cool to witness him and his growth and being able to participate. And I think no matter if you're running for office or not, like getting your kids involved is um, it's amazing for them because they get to learn so much at the same time. And the baby, she has now become um, pretty much of an expert at handing out lit and shaking hands. (laughs) So as soon as I started running for office, you know, she's on my hip and I'm shaking hands, introducing myself. By the end of like the second day, she wanted to try it out. So, um, yeah, so it's fun. So what has surprised you the most about this campaign running for executive office? Um, you know, I think the the most surprising part so far has been um, actually the most challenging part, right? The same thing. It's like, it's almost surprising that nobody knows how we elect a lieutenant governor. And I think that's because we don't often see or hear from mm-hmm. our lieutenant governor, you know, in, in the past. And so it has been a role that people don't have an idea about. So that's been surprising to me. Um, It's also been surprising to me how many people are excited to learn that I'm running Um, because they, I think they see the passion and I maybe hear the passion that I have for it in my voice. Like I'm running this race because I generally want to make the Lieutenant Governor's office badass. Like (laughs) I want people to look at that and go, yeah, that's awesome. That's what we should be doing. And I want to see other people in other states go, wow, look what that, what, look what they're doing in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. We could do that too. Like, so I'm genuinely like, I want to be Lieutenant Governor. I don't want to be Governor. I don't want to be U.S. Senator. I want to be Lieutenant Governor because I think I can make it better. And so I think it's surprising to people when they hear me get geeky and excited about a role like this. Um, because they know that it's genuine and authentic. Well, I love it. I can hear the excitement, like how much love you have for the possibility of being in this office. And it's just, it's exciting. And I'm not even in your state. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So what are your core issues? 
So, I mean, obviously, um, looking at what we can be doing more within the, the Board of Pardons, right, and what we can be advocating for with juvenile justice reform. Mm -hmm. um, but then I kind of take into consideration a lot of my business background. So I've, you know, been a project manager for quite some time, and I'm used to working with, you know, we've kind of buzzwordy here, cross-functional teams, right, people from you know, IT developers to the guys out in the warehouse who are responsible for the logistics of moving equipment. So I look at these teams that I've dealt with and worked with um, for years now and go, we can apply the same type of expertise to government. So I'm, you know, excited about bringing together business and nonprofits and the government together to, to get together and collaborate around ways to make policy better, uh, ways to make um, life better for folks. And so I think that there are so many good ideas that we often lose sight of them when we're in government because we get so, you know, closed off from everybody else. So I think that there's some uh, work that can be done to create, like I call it a Commonwealth collaboration network, to create this network of folks across the Commonwealth that can be um engaged in and have a voice in the policy and legislation that um, we work towards. And then I also look at, you know, my farm to school, like the stuff that I've been doing with my nonprofit. I look at that as a real win. Um, we here in Pennsylvania have been advocating for an extraction tax for our Mar Marcella shale. And for a long time, we have not been able to, to get that passed. And I always felt like it was because we were we were on the right path, but we hadn't made it all the way there. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we can look at ways to bring farmers in to the fold and say, hey, farmers, whose land, let's be honest, is being fracked, right? And say, you can have an economic security by being the sole provider of cabbage to the school district or whatever crop they grow. So that is a guaranteed contract for them through the school district, that money stays in our local economy, so they're able to flourish and be able to make investments in their farms. Our kids get good food, and we take the funds that we would have been spending on a school nutrition program, and because we're in a commonwealth, they can take those extra dollars and put them towards books if they need them, or teachers, or art programs, or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. right? So I see that there's a really big opportunity to kind of take this idea that I've been working on for so long and apply it to government and say, okay, we're going to take this extraction tax and we're going to put it towards school nutrition. And then there's uh, transparency and um, economic security and our kids get healthy at the same time. Win-win. Yeah. <laughs> so where can people find you if they're interested in getting involved with your campaign? Um, so we have our website, which is joinariana.com. Um, not like Ariana Grande. I've got a Y <laughs> and two N's. <laughs> I know I have a 12, 10 and 12 year old. Yeah. They, all their friends go, oh, your mom's name is Ariana, like Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I had it first, you guys. Um, yeah. So join Ariana, A-R-Y-A-N-N-A. -N -N -A. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, same name, join Ariana on Twitter, um, at Ariana Berenger. So uh, and on Instagram. I love Instagram. I think that's so much fun, too. Last question. Yes. Um, what is your advice for women who are thinking about running for office? Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. 
I, our voices are not heard often enough. Our experiences are so unique and we all come at it from a different, you know, vantage point. And there have even been studies. There was one that was just done that he, that women legislators actually get more done in less amount of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't shock or surprise any of us because we're doing it every day in our everyday lives. So if you have half of a thought that you might maybe one day want to do it, do it. I don't care if it is school board or township supervisor or Congress or governor, no matter what it is, what you feel like you have a passion for, go out and do it. Because the more of us that do the more likely are we are to get elected. And I guarantee you government gets better when we're there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. And that's it for today. Huge thanks to Ariana Berenger for chatting with me. She's really freaking impressive and inspiring. Please, everyone, go follow her and support her campaign. Find her at joinariana.com. That's J-O-I-N-A-R-Y-A-N-N-A.com. She's also on Facebook and Twitter at Join Ariana. Thanks for listening. You guys are really the best. I've gotten a couple of really great suggestions lately on who I should have on the pod, and I freaking love that. I want to know who you are excited to see run. Email me at she'srunningpod at gmail.com if you know an awesome woman who is running for office. Or tweet me at at she's running pod and tag her. I'm always looking for suggestions and we'll try to talk to as many female candidates as I can. You can find and follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at she's running pod. We try to share all kinds of great stuff on social and it's all different on each channel. So please check us out. And that's it for today. Thanks. Talk to you soon.